Musical Theater Writer Guy is recorded as a YouTube channel series on Muncie Lenape and Canarsie Lands. The audio from each episode is also released here in podcast form. To watch or to learn more, please find us on YouTube or through my website at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show! Hello everyone, I'm Michael Raddy, a.k.a. Musical Theater Writer Guy. Musical Theater Writer Guy. That's me! Welcome to my channel where I talk about everything musical theater from a writing perspective. I upload videos every other Friday, so make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell to never miss an episode. As a performer, composer, lyricist, librettist, musical director, vocal coach, I've learned a great deal about how effective musical theater writing can be helpful to theater makers of all kinds. Whether you're a performer, a writer, a director, designer, producer, stagehand, an audience member, a professional artist, aspiring, or you simply love the theater. My goal is to present you with information that will help to enhance your enjoyment of the theater and bolster your theatrical experiences. Today is part one of a two-part mini-series to kick off the channel, in which we'll be discussing the 32-bar musical theater chorus. What exactly is a 32-bar chorus? Why exactly is it important and standard? And how does being aware of it help all of us? So let's dim the lights and get the show going. For many theater makers out there, and probably some audience members too, the term 32-bar chorus may sound familiar. It's a term that gets tossed around a lot, but not really discussed in detail. So what exactly is it? First, we need to understand what the terms verse and chorus refer to in musical theater. We all know that pop songs are made up of verses and choruses, and sometimes a bridge, where the verse material is usually different words on the same melodies and rhythms. The music comes back, but things change a little bit, whereas the chorus is the part of the song that comes back over and over again with the same exact words, lyrics, rhythms, everything. It's the part that we all shamelessly belt out in our cars. Not that I've ever done that. I do that. I do. Some people refer to the chorus with the term refrain, since it repeats itself exactly every time it comes back. And I think that if we think about uh, chorus in this way, it'll be helpful when discussing the 32-bar musical theater chorus. Now, I'm going to mention the elephant in the room. Not all musical theater is written with the standard 32-bar chorus. A lot of musical theater, especially contemporary musical theater, is written with pop verse chorus structure, and there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. In fact, I'll be talking about the differences between pop verse chorus musical theater structure and 32-bar chorus and how they're each useful in their own separate ways in a different video. But I did want to mention that now before we moved forward into the rest of the video. So now that we've clarified what the verse and the chorus are in pop, what's the difference in musical theater? Have you ever been sitting in the audience watching a musical and some sort of accompaniment begins underneath the dialogue and you think to yourself, oh, I bet there's a song coming. Yeah, it's a, a pretty commonly used trope to the point where we make fun of it all the time in popular culture. You will see this in uh, TV shows that actually use music in them, 
like uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, they use it in Glee a lot. And like, let's call it what it is. It's silly. And that's, I think, why we like to use it and make fun of it as a trope. But that music also often leads us directly out of the dialogue and into the song itself, which is super important, and that's why we do it. Often a character will begin to sing in some sort of dialogue-y way, right? And that leads us out of the actual words with the accompaniment underneath into some sung dialogue and then into the chorus itself. Now, this part of the sung dialogue before the actual song, this in musical theater is the musical theater verse. To take an example from a classical Rodgers and Hammerstein score, the song If I Loved You from Carousel actually comes directly out of a scene in which Julie Jordan and Billy Bigelow are having a conversation in which they both clearly like each other, but neither one wants to admit it quite yet. A uh, quick note here, the themes and messages of this musical are extraordinarily problematic, and by using this as an example, I am in no way condoning the material itself. This is just being utilized as an example. Felt important to say that. During this conversation in the show, Julie says, I don't know how I know, but just the same, I know how I, how it would be if I loved you, which leads right into the sung material, the verse. I do apologize for the hissing in the background. That's my radiator. Nothing I can do about that. When I worked in the mill, weaving at the loom, I'd gaze absent-minded at the roof. And half the time the shuttle, a tangle in the threads, and the warp begin mixed with the woof. If I loved you... Well, no, I don't. But somehow I can see Just exactly how I'd be. So all this material can be considered the verse for If I Loved You. The song that we have clearly set up to start singing as soon as the music moves on to the next moment. Okay, which brings us finally to the 32-part chorus. It's been great. I'll see you in two weeks, but just kidding. I'm not that cruel. The course in musical theater is where the meat of the song is. It's where the action takes place, and it brings the character from point A to point B through some sort of journey. The structure of the 32 bars is what helps us understand what exactly that journey is. The approximate 32 bars of the course is broken down into four eight-bar sections, which are usually structured one of two ways, either A-A-B-A or A-B-A-C, though that one is sometimes also called A-B-A-B, where the A sections are where the main idea of the song is. They include the theme, and they also very specifically include the hook. Wait, wait a second. He just used another term. Did he talk about the hook before? Did I just miss it? No, in fact, uh, I didn't talk about it before, and you did not miss it. So, what is a hook? 
A hook is a musical and lyrical idea, often a phrase or a word or riff of some variety that encapsulates the main idea of the song and tells us what the song is about. And it's usually the title of the song. So if we look back at our example of If I Loved You, you actually hear in the first A section right away the hook. If I loved you. This is the main idea the thesis of the song that's about to be explored. It will also serve as that little catchy tune that you get in your head caught immediately when you think of the song, If I Loved You. You immediately think, If I Loved You. Every time. Every time. If we continue singing the other six bars of the A section, we then see how the rest of the A section develops that theme further with more music and more lyrics. If I loved you and I would try to say all I'd want you to know. We then hit upon the second A section, which again begins with a hook. But notice how the idea further develops with different lyrics, and even at the end of this A section, the music changes a little bit as well, clearly leading us on to something else. If I loved you, words wouldn't come in an easy way. Round in the circles I'd go. Leading us to a B section. Because the truth is, we're not done yet. We've had two A sections, so we've established our idea twice, and we've built upon that idea further. But now it's time for something else. The B section. Now, B sections are quite different from A sections, both in terms of their music and their lyrical ideas. Not only do they not include the hook, but they also offer some sort of different viewpoint on the main idea of the song, whether that's an opposing view or a different perspective, and the music tends to be entirely different. New chord progressions, new melody, new development. So. Back in our example here, in this B section, Julie no longer tells us about how she wouldn't be able to find the right words like she was talking about in the A sections, but instead she talks about what her inner feelings would be while feeling this idea of if she loved him. this leads us right back into the final A section. Now the final A of an AABA structure is usually different from the first two A sections in one form or another. It, as we say, develops. So perhaps this A section extends a little bit past eight bars or leads us into some sort of musical interlude to have the song continue into another course later on. Or, as in our example here, the hook moves to a different place to give us a little extra time to take all of our ideas and wrap them up together to finish our thesis and our journey. Soon you'd leave me, off you would go in the mist of day, never, never. If I 
And that is the entire 32 bar course and verse material for Julie in If I Loved You. When we return to that final A section at the end, and especially when we hit that hook again, it satisfies not only our ears, but also Julie Jordan's journey throughout this piece. 32 bar courses are extraordinarily effective in that they allow us to utilize a hook as our main idea, but then give us the flexibility to grow and change with other words on similar melodies, and then that B section that allows us to take a different look and give a new perspective, more information, so that by the end of it, it feels like the character has gone through a complete journey, or at least has moved forward from point A to a new point B. Now, if you're thinking, well, gee, there's like no time left in this video and he hasn't talked yet about ABAC and he hasn't told us why understanding a chorus is effective and helpful. Yeah, you're right. But it's coming in part two. Part two of this discussion on the 32 bar chorus in musical theater will be released in my next video two weeks from today. It is a big and crucial topic to musical theater. So I thought it deserved a full two-part episode, and I hope you agree with me. All right, fellow cast members, now it's time to hear your thoughts. If you like this video and you're interested in hearing more, make sure to subscribe, hit that notification bell, and also, most importantly, leave a comment below. Did this make sense to you? Did I leave something out? Has this completely altered the way you will ever look at musical theater songs? Whatever it is, I want to know. The theater is a community, and this channel is meant to be an extension of that community, so I do want to hear from you. In the meantime, if you haven't yet checked out my introductory video, you can do so here. And if you'd like to hear some of my original musical theater content, you can check that out by clicking the link here. Thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers! <laughs>